This is your Wednesday edition of Labor Lowdown with Shahid Abada, who holds a Master's in Labor Law. He's a registered commissioner at the CCMA and also completing his PhD in Employee Relations. And this morning we're going to be looking at employment contracts and so many people will be starting um, their new employment. It's a new year, etc. Running fiscal to fiscal and so forth. What is it that you need to look out for? And it's something that we've spoken about quite at length many times before. So we're just going to briefly touch on some of those and one or two questions that came in and then that should, should wrap up our Wednesday edition of the Labor Lowdown. Shahid, assalamu alaikum. Shukran so much for joining us. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Fakir. How are you, sir? Alhamdulillah, I can't complain. New year, new challenges. Getting on with, with, with business. Sir. Yes, no, absolutely. New contracts. A lot of people are signing new employment contracts, Shahid. Let's look at some of um, the legalities of it. You know, is it, empl- is, it, is it compulsory for you to have an employment contract? Is this a legal document or are there other mm-hmm. forms of, uh, um, you know, confirmation of employment between you and an employer? <clears throat> okay, so, you know, there is no absolute requirement uh, to have a contract of employment in place. You know, many times we uh, engage people, uh, you know, maybe to work at our homes and so on. Um, and I'm not talking about, you know, domestic worker. Uh, mm. You know, I'm talking about, you know, people coming to either either paint or whatever the case may be. And sometimes, you know, the contract is basically verbal, right? right? Um, it's not like the person is also maybe, you know, has an independent contractor's registration or whatever. Um, so one must also look at, Gulam, what are the, are the three different types of contracts? Um, so there's a fixed-term contract, uh, you know, that's specific or speci- uh, specified period, um, and then there's a permanent contract. I know people regard an independent contract as the third contract, but I don't regard that, uh, you know, as, as a contract because that's an independent contract is defined differently in the mm-hmm. law. Mm-hmm. But the law does say, what is the definition of an employee? An employee is anybody that carries on the business of the employer, um, obviously for remuneration uh, and, and, and prov- uh, services provided. However... Um, so when when one looks at a contract, you must un- carefully understand what is the terms of the contract. Are you in permanent employment or are you in a fixed term contract? And if there's a fixed term contract, for how long you know is that is that contract uh, going to run? So th- that is the first thing that one has to look at. Then obviously people go directly to the remuneration. What am I going to get paid? Okay, and what is the um, what is the job that I, or the specified task that I need to perform within within the company? So, it is obviously uh, ideal to have a contract of employment, and that must set out the terms of the contract. Um, and a lot of people, you know, there's basic things in the in in in, in, in a contract of employment. So your hours of work, are you going to get paid for overtime? What happens to public holidays? Um, you know, what is your actual job description? Then there's things like, you know, added clauses like, um, you know, uh, restraint of trade, for example. Right. And then there's also um, disclosure of information, you know, how, how that must be dealt with. So it is not an absolute requirement to have a contract of employment, but mm. it is ideal. And I think that, you know, contracts of employment can also be used as a, um, as a means to show that you've actually um, sort of inducted the employee into into the workplace so the person knows exactly what the starting times are of the of the of the company whether they work in uh, six days or five days or whatever the case may be. because many times i mean i already had a contract of employment that didn't specify what you know what time i must be uh, at work yeah and i rocked up at uh, eight o'clock thinking that i'm on time and you know everybody else is already sitting there because the business had already, you know everybody started at seven thirty in the morning i wasn't aware of that mm. so <laughs> 
it is very it is very important to sort of induct employees before they actually start the contract of employment um, or, or the or the or the employment itself, so that they clearly understand you know what the rules regulations are. And contracts of employment nowadays are becoming thicker and thicker because people want to cover themselves or employees want to cover themselves from a legal standpoint, so that when there's a dispute one day, everybody's clear on what the terms of the contract was. But then also. So the- Sorry, go for it, Gula. No, I'm saying, but then with that said, there's also, you know, when no matter how thick the contract becomes, as long as it is, you know, legal and within the Correct. framework of the LRA and the Basic Conditions of Employment Act. Absolutely. And, um, I mean, I've seen a contract that's, that, that, that stated, for example, you know, that sick leave is a privilege and not a right. And no, you I was, see, so that, that's the way the problem comes in, uh, Gulam. So the next point I was going to make is that a contract of employment cannot be less favorable than the Basic Conditions of Employment or the Labor Relations Act. So one needs to take those, uh, the, the terms and, and, you know, if there's overtime to be paid, um, you know, how many hours of overtime can, will be allowed, uh, whether the person is working five, a 40-hour 40 uh, work week or 45-hour work week, all of those things are covered in the basic conditions of employment. And a contract, of, you cannot contract out of the law. Okay. Um, it has to have the basics in there. If you enhance the contract by giving somebody more, then obviously that's that's great for the employee signing the contract. But there's no way that your contract of employment can be less favorable than the basic conditions of employment. It has to have the minimum requirements. And this applies to bargaining councils as well, because you, you will know that bargaining councils do not um, uh, subscribe to the basic conditions. Um, the minister actually signs that off. Uh, as part of the um, as part of the law in our country, so if we look at all of the labor legislation, that that is additional pieces of legislation. So mm, they mm. they call it sectoral determinations. Yeah. Before I bring Sabra in and into the discussion as well, I want to, since we are talking about contracts at this point in time, um, uh, there was a person who was a um, receptionist at a surgery. Yeah. Um, this person was given a fixed-term contract to start mid-January and yeah. uh, to run up until the 31st of December 2021. Um, mm-hmm. On the day that she needed to um, to be at work, uh, she informed the bosses that she won't be able to make it because uh, she uh, doesn't have anybody to look after her kids. The, yeah. uh, the, the surgery management then said, listen, come through. We will we will put the, the your little ones right at the back in the surgery. There's a little room yeah. they can play. They will make a playpen for them, you know, so that you can yeah. at least start your employment. And she said, no, she she doesn't want to do that obviously also considering Good the COVID, risks yeah. and stuff yeah um, and then they asked okay so by when will you be able to and she says she doesn't know you yeah. know um, where does that leave the employer though because can they can the employer then terminate that contract because they're being a frontline business and they need somebody there in the at the front desk absolutely you know that that's a very complex situation uh, where a person doesn't even take up the employment uh, you know on day one uh, the person has no concrete answers in terms of when they're going to start work um, you know, it is it is very important uh, that you, you know we we kind of inform the employer uh, way before the time. That's where you know things like absence without leave comes in. Um, misconduct, uh, you know, in that regard is completely frowned upon. Um, so the person has not um, complied with the terms of the contract. They've not actually started uh, the employment, and therefore, you know, you can actually terminate uh, the employer. Uh, the employee. employee. So, but also remembering that you know the definition of an employee also under the under the Employment Equity Act means any applicant for a job. Okay. Mm. So this was an applicant for a job. They actually received the contract of employment. So the employer here must be very careful. But I think that you know in this regard, it's a small business. Um, it's a frontline person, and therefore that contract of um, 
employment can be terminated, especially since the person is not able to, you know, disclose when they can actually, uh, be, I mean, for how long must, they, must the employer actually wait in this? In this case, it's a doctor. Exactly. Um, how long must this person actually wait for the, for, for the employee to return? What they can actually do, if they want to be really safe, is maybe employ somebody else, uh, you know, for, you know on, a, on a fixed-term contract, or um, I, I don't want to use a casual contract, um, until this employee decides. Um, you, you know, the alternative person that may have been identified through the recruitment process. Uh, and if this employee does return or doesn't return, you know, uh, one must be, just be very careful because, you know, the CCMA, obviously, you know, more and more decisions are going against employers. But I think it will be safe in this particular case to terminate this contract of employment and let the employee challenge uh, that in the CCMA. Mm. Shahi, just in terms of what you mentioned a little earlier on with regards to the various or the different types of contracts, you mentioned yeah. written and then there's also verbal. In what instances yeah. are they verbal? And then, you know, in terms of the legalities around a verbal contract, you know, how do you know, how do you sort of manage a verbal contract? Well, uh, the, the answer to that is extremely simple. Um, if there's no contract of employment in place, then the basic conditions of employment absolutely applies in this case. Um, you know, uh, so... It's, it's like when you go to court uh, mm-hmm. and then there's an un- unopposed uh, application. The magistrates or judges are then um, sort of forced to ensure that the, uh, the, the absent applicant in, in, a, in a particular case is defended by, by either the magistrates or judge. So therefore, the cross-examination of the, of the respondents in those uh, particular cases will be more severe than when this person actually appeared in court or had an attorney. The same will apply in this particular case. If there was a contract of uh, uh, no contract of employment and this person had actually worked, the CCMA will then look at it in, in absolute terms in terms of the basic conditions of employment. So it is, um, mm. it is going to count against an employer who doesn't put a contract of employment in place. In any case, if a contract of employment is not in place, it can also be then be implied that this person is actually uh, uh, permanently employed. So there's many implications of not having a contract of employment in place. I, I, I always... Uh, advise people against it, make sure that you have a written contract of employment. If you do not, the law in its, in its absolute terms will apply and uh, the employer will have a problem in this regard. So the employee is completely protected. Mm. That, we're going to have to leave it at that, uh, Mr. Shahid Abadi. Shukran so much for your time and all of the very best. We'll touch base with you again next week, inshallah. No problem. Assalamu alaikum and shukran for having me on the show and all the best to you, uh, Shabira and uh, re- the rest of the VOC team. Shukran so much. Assalamu alaikum, Shahid. Assalamu alaikum. Well, of course, Shahid Abade, he has a master's in labor law. He's a registered commissioner at the CCMA. He's our labor expert here on Breakfast 91.3 FM. Shahid.